Uh, welcome to the last part of our season review. Uh, before me and Jakub jump into the challenger trivia questions that we have prepared, actually I prepared and he added a few from the you know from the, from the ranking points list that he that he made. Uh, I'm also going to jump in and add a segment about the changes that were announced in the meantime. You know, between our recording at the beginning of December, our recording of the season review, and uh, when you're going to be hearing this last third episode. Uh, it, 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 we ha- we kind of have to mention this because it's really you know th- th- this concerns the Challenger Tour a lot and this concerns a lot of the topics that we'll be covering next year. Uh, as you know, always we are trying to watch um, you know as many matches of uh, the the young most interesting young prospects as we can. Uh, always sort of bringing them up into the conversation on the show as well. And the ATP and the ITF announced um, sort of a program to accelerate careers of promising young players. That's like literally the title of the press release that came on uh, the 12th of December 2022. And uh, the goal of the program is to get more young juniors into challenger events. Uh, So each player ranked in the top 20 of the ITF year-end rankings is is going to be granted up to eight accelerator spots to Challenger Tour 50s and Challenger Tour 75s. Uh, And the top 10 plus Grand Slam champions, junior Grand Slam champions, of course, gets eight accelerator spots into the main draw. And the the guys ranked between 11 and 20 plus Grand Slam runner-ups, they get eight spots uh, to uh, qualifying draws at Challenger Tour 50 and 75 events. Uh, then oh, there's there's also a very interesting um, well the, the, another aspect of this is that to to further sort of you know go into um, further bolstering the junior accelerator program another quote uh, there's a new promotion mechanic uh, and all the guys that I just mentioned so the top twenty ranked juniors plus Grand Slam champions plus finalists uh, if one of them achieves if one of them gets direct acceptance into a challenger qualifying event, regardless of the category, this is very important, he will be promoted into the main draw, uh, which is kind of huge. And yeah, let's talk about how many, how, you know, which players actually benefit from this. Uh, in 2023, uh, you know, the, the top 10 at the end of the year uh, in the juniors rankings were Bailey, uh, so the, um, the, the runner-up at two slams, of course, Martin Landaluce, Campana Lee, Vallejo, Basavaredi, Pacheco Mendes, Feldbausch, Demin, Bueno, Midon, and Debru, Kuzuhara, and Polichak qualify as Grand Slam champions. And when it comes to the guys who, and the, you know, these are these are the ones that are going to get eight accelerator spots into Challenger main draws. And when it comes to eight uh, spots into Challenger qualifying. Let me remind you, at only at uh, Challenger 50 and 75 events, this is again the brew. But I'm, I suppose it, it doesn't. It, I don't think it's stated anywhere. But I think he can only use the, you know, the higher category accelerator spots since he won a Grand Slam. Uh, Prismich, Blocks, Butfilas, Menshik, Williams, Nitsod, uh, Wong, Gea, and Artnak. I, I guess Gea, not Gea, because he, you know, he's French. Um, and also Michael Zheng as a GS runner-up. Uh, so you know, he, he lost to Polichak at Wimbledon. Um, now, whether that's actually... Uh, <laughs> um, 
does it make sense? Of course, we always want to see young guys, you know, um, show up in better events, get more experience. For them, it's amazing. Uh, we've already seen some sort of, you know, maybe backlash is too strong a word, but we've seen some response from the players. Uh, there was a very, um, under, under uh, this announcement on Instagram, Alexander Shevchenko, the, uh, you know, the, the guy who's uh, ranked in the top 200 uh, from Russia, he like sort of called this out on Instagram under the announcement saying that, you know, that the players are just going to have, it, it's so easy now. It's kind of funny because he... Um, well, he was never a good junior, like, he, <laughs> he didn't really uh, play ITFs that much, I think he has a carry high in the top f 400 or something like that, uh, but uh, still, I, I think he sort of has a point, uh, there's a number of these players whom I just mentioned that seem like they would really struggle at the challenger level for now, in a way, maybe it would even be more beneficial for them to actually, you know, play ITFs. But then again, it's just eight accelerator spots throughout the year. And I think four of them you can use in the first half, four in the second. So it shouldn't derail them that much. I think in the long run, this is still good for all of these players, especially guys like Bailey, Landaluce, you know, the, the ones that we've already seen have so much potential. Um, maybe Feldbausch, who got, who got a couple wins, uh, like against Wessler this year, or Gonzalo Bueno especially, I think could be a, a re could really benefit from this. Of course, De Bru as well. Uh, perhaps even someone like Polichak, who you know, in, in the pros he hasn't been doing that well, other than that amazing run to the final in Zagreb. But we know he can do it, right? Even at the challenger level. And um, I also believe that uh, because of the promotion mechanic, where if you get if you get directly accepted into a challenger qualifying on your own ranking, and then you're able to uh, just you know jump into the main draw, this is going to be very important as well. And I think the two uh, biggest uh, like benefactors, benefic beneficiaries, <laughs> whatever you know what I mean, of uh, of that are going to be Menshik and Prismich. Uh, because with the winning streaks they've had recently on the ITF tour, like November, um, October, uh, with the winning streaks, they, with the winning streaks they've had, uh, they've built it. They've built themselves a great ranking already. Like Menshik is probably, I, I actually can actually quickly check it. Uh, Menshik is probably like uh, in the top 500 already. Prismich, uh, Prismich, I think just out maybe. Yeah, Menshik is four, four hundred, uh, four hundred and seven in the ATP rankings. Prismich on the other hand, is um, after his most recent efforts also inside the top 500. So they are going to get into a lot of uh, challenger qualifying. And therefore, they're going to be in challenger main draws, like almost all year, if only they can, because, because there's no limit on the number of promotions. So I think that these guys are super happy about this reform. Uh, I can totally understand Shevchenko's point, though. Uh, and I think most of us can as well, like, it is a little unfair, but then again, you know, it, it's it's always good to support the the young prospects. It's it kind of remains to be seen uh, how much this will hamper, you know, some older players who can't use it. You know, how how many, uh, how uh, exactly, you know, how, how many spots like that will uh, no, appear every week. Probably not so, not as much, right? And this is going to be the biggest challenger tour year ever. So maybe the impact of this is not as huge as Shevchenko thinks it is. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I totally get his point though. And 
as uh, you know, we we already have the entry lists for the for the first week of the um, ATP Challenger Tour in 2023. Which, by the way, we will be back uh, with Jakub next week to uh, to discuss with you, um, the, you know, preview the the five draws. And there's already uh, there's already been a couple of signups with these with these rankings. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Gabriel Debreu, who is in the Oeiras main draw. Uh, solely based on the fact that he was a Grand Slam champion last year, junior Grand Slam champion at Ron Garros, of course, and he he used one of the accelerator spots to get in to get into that. And Dino Prismic uh, has also used uh, his uh, entry ranking. Um, you know, he, he 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 has also used his accelerator ranking in order to get into uh, the qualifying draw in Oeiras. He hasn't signed up for the qualifying where maybe he actually would have made it. Uh, like, currently he would have been the eighth alternate. So, you know, with some chance of making it, uh, had he entered, it's possible that maybe he would have gotten in, into the main draw. But he didn't. He uh, signed up with his accelerator spot. So Prismic, uh, as the word number 12 at the end of the year in the junior rankings, he is going to be... Uh, in the qualifying in Oeirash, and De Bruyne is going to be in the main draw because he, you know, he belongs to the higher category. He was a junior Grand Slam champion last year, uh, and I, as far as I'm, I know, these are the only guys who, uh, well, who will be using these uh, spots in the first uh, in the first week of the 2023 Challenger Tour. Um, yeah, that that's basically the, the this this whole reform in a nutshell. This, of course, goes very much with the. Uh, 2020 with these challenger changes announced in 2023 that we've already talked about a lot on the show uh, that we've had some players also uh, talk about them and yeah we're probably going to mention them a lot during the uh, during the year um, both the challenger improvements or uh, record-breaking enhancements as I think they were called and uh, also what I just uh, brought to you uh, the the accelerator program or however you want to call it, uh, we're we're definitely going to be mentioning that a lot, uh, and yeah, let's uh, let's prepare ourselves for some very exciting times when we're going to see, you know, the most talented youngsters in the world like Bailey, Andaluce, Pacheco, Mendes, Feldbausch, you know, all of these guys, Bueno, De Bruyne, they're they're all going to be featuring Menchik, Prismic, they're all going to be featuring in challengers a lot more uh, than they usually would be able to. And that's a great thing, <laughs> and maybe some of these guys will have a time, will have a hard time adapting. Maybe for some of them it will be uh, a big disappointment. Uh, I think a few of these are probably, you know, really not ready yet. But then again, I always bring up the the example of Luca Nardi, whom in uh, at the at the end of 2021, I remember there was a lot of talk whether he should be accepting all of these Italian wildcards. Maybe he should just be playing ITFs with guys who are at his level, uh, because he had 15 challenger wildcards, and until the last event of the year, he didn't do much with either of them. Uh, then he made the semis in Forli, yeah, and and then all that experience actually gave him. Uh, you know, a great fighting chance in 2022, and after the off season, he was a completely different tennis player. Uh, so, yeah, I guess it's just an individual thing, and one of some of these players will benefit. Some of these players might actually, uh, you know, for a while, uh, may maybe they can feel a little bit down on themselves because they will be losing in these challengers. But yeah, I, I think it's an exciting change for sure, and 
uh, will definitely be uh, there, <laughs> you know, throughout the year to sort of reevaluate um, as we can actually see the effects of it, whether it's it's working out for the for the Challenger Tour or not. Uh, and I think that's it. Um, I just, uh, yeah, just realized honestly today that it's Monday and the episode has to come out, so that's why I'm uh, talking about it by myself uh, without Jakub. Uh, enjoy the um, enjoy the part with the trivia questions. Of of course, feel free to pause and uh, look for the answer yourselves, or rather, you know, look in your brain, not in Google. Uh, don't cheat. And uh, yeah, as I said earlier, we're gonna be there on next Monday to talk about the uh, events that are going to happen in the first week of the 2023 ATP Challenger Tour. Uh, see ya. Okay, and I also prepared five trivia questions about the this year's ATP Challenger Tour, which I'm gonna ask to Jakub. Of course, feel free to stop the recording whenever you want to you know, try to gather your thoughts and think about it. I think some of them are I don't know. Uh, I, I, yeah, again, I, I can't really judge whether they're tough or not. I know the answers, so it's not gonna, you know, it's not gonna be easy for yeah, me. I, anyway. I'm fully, fully expecting to embarrass myself in these, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. I think I'm gonna try and come up with some on the fly regarding the the challenger race. Well, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see what we do. But yeah, first your five questions. I remember last year you you didn't do that well. I think they were too tough. But again, as, uh, if you if you try to like come up with them, it's it's just uh, you know it seems obvious. But uh, yeah, if someone asks them to, then then it's not. Anyway, let's start. So the the, but the first uh, is who was the highest ranked player to compete in a singles ATP Challenger Tour event this year? Dan Evans. Yes, and of course a bonus but, point. Yes. Where, uh, if you tell me where, uh, was it like Nottingham or something? Yeah, yeah it is Nottingham. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's the easiest one because uh, the other, <laughs> yeah, the, the three other one, three other questions like require a few answers. So, uh, yeah, let's let's get yeah. to the next one. Four four players saved match points and won a challenger to won that. I mean, in a in a challenger tour final, winning it this year. Uh, and um, I'm not sure how many you should name. I think one is definitely too easy. So I let's say two of them. Uh, four players who saved match points in a challenger final this year. In a challenger final. Yeah. I I don't remember anything. All of a sudden, it feels like I've like never watched a final in my life. And <laughs> you should remember one because you <laughs> talked about it on the season review. <laughs> That's why oh, I said that well, one well, is too. Uh, yeah, so 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 Kovacevic, um, yeah, had, had a match point against Yiving Wu in Indianapolis. Six That's match one. points, in fact. Yeah, um, the other one, Jesus Christ! I'm trying to think back to like recently. Didn't didn't Ben Shelton save one in in no. one of these three? No, I oh. can tell you that all of these are in the. F- um... Like the the um, they're in June, um, February and April, I think something like that. June, February, and April. I mean, Wu, uh, the the final between Wu and Kovacevic is the one that happens, you know, the the at the latest moment of the year, out of all, all of these three four. Mm-hmm. Hold on, right. 
in like Salinas mm-hmm. wasn't there match points Gomez Moreno del Boran yes was it Four yeah. match points Woo. for Moreno del Boran there. Uh, he led uh, 7-6, 5-3, 4-0, I believe, on serve. On his second match point, he had a smash, which he which he missed, although he initially thought it was in. Oh, uh, and yeah, it turned out that he missed it. He lost it. Uh, should I tell you the, the, the last two answers or? Give it to me. Uh, so also with four match points, we've got uh, Jack Draper against Alexander Richard in Forli. That's the yeah. long deciding set tiebreaker. Uh, I think he hit like a crazy pass uh, off the forehand, but I, I it might have been at like not not a match point, but like a seven seven or something. And with one save the match points, it's Zizou Berks against Jack Sock in Ilkley. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yeah. I, I actually, yeah. I'm I'm glad that I <laughs> got these because uh, this yeah, one, th- this th- one, those are my. Let's mm-hmm. mention them so. <laughs> Yeah, this one, I think I would have gotten them all, but this is also because I glanced a lot through the Challenger Media Guide and it was in there. So um, I think I, I think I saw that section just so many times and uh, I remember seeing that, you know, as the, the, the six match points always stood out. This is also in the Media Guide, actually, but I this one, I don't think I would have gotten. Uh, so it, it's pretty rough. Three players defended the Challenger title this year and how, you know, name... I would say one of them is even an acceptable answer. I, you know, the way I have it here is name two of them along with the name of the tournament. I feel like if you know the player, you're gonna know, know the tournament as well. Uh, but yeah, three players defended the challenger title this year, so maybe I'm go- just gonna ask how many can you name because I think even one is acceptable. I'm trying to think. I, I'm pretty sure Emilio Gomez defended in Salinas. Like I think he. Um, did he win that with well, Kari and he won or something or, or I don't have it here and I'm not sure why because the way you're saying this I I, I also feel like he did that <laughs> uh, or I just because I mean, to be fair like last yeah, year there were a couple I, of, I, I think this is a mistake in the media guide when, you, when you're uh, because well I think they're treating Salinas one from last year as okay. something he could yeah. defend. And I think they're not counting Salinas two. So this is technically the the right answer. So um, you know, <laughs> you can you can if you if you give me one more, uh, because I have three three guys who did it, uh, I think it's it's definitely acceptable. If Gomez only, you know, it's like a 50-50. But you're right. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm trying to think. I feel like Bonzi probably defended one, uh, but I can't remember which one he would defend. Bonzi did not defend the challenger title. Defend the challenger. Okay. All right. Uh... Yeah, I, I, I feel like that's it. I'm, try- I'm trying to remember anybody else but yeah it's it's pretty rough because one of these guys only played one challenger this year i believe (laughs) without checking but oh greeks greeks for amosford yes exactly uh there's also (laughs) this this is just impossible altuk chalik bilek in porto (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah that's it's true (laughs) there's no there's no way you come up with that i i never would have gotten it and yusuke watanuki in kobe even though it's not oh, 2021, yeah. right? It's it we, wasn't we, 2010, we, but, 2019, yeah. but he defended the title theoretically. I mean, yeah, practically. 
Um, yeah. And my next thing, I actually, I remember asking you the same question last year. Uh, and of course, the, the, the answers were different back then. Uh, six players won both an ATP Challenger Tour title and an ATP title this year. I think if you name four of them, it's fine because I would say that, you know, four to five of them are, are pretty simple, but you know, getting all six is probably quite tough. Mm-hmm. Won a title on both tours. Yeah. This season. I yeah, all, all of a sudden I cannot remember a single title winner. Uh once again. Um this is just I I, I just blank in these situations. This is horrible. Uh in, in the same season? This in year. This, in this, this year. This yeah. year. Six that, that feels wild. Um I'm gonna tell you right. something. It's not only two fifties even. There are two right. guys so, who won. So Andrea Wester is one that I'm thinking of. Yes, I thought that was the toughest one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there, there are three guys who won uh, a title over the 250 level as well. Holger Rune. Yep. Because he won this, yeah. <sighs> and the other ones are easier than Wester. Mm, I so think so. Maybe one of them is similarly tough, but I don't know. I think there I thought Wesner was the toughest. Who? Nishioka. Yes. Won one, right? I thought yeah. that was the toughest one along with uh, with Wesner. Although one of, what, one, what, one of these guys you might not... Um, thing on. I'm I, to... I think one of these guys you might not be remembering that he played a challenger this year and that he won it. But two, are I think, are the simplest answers. But I don't know. Maybe not. trying to think so you've got you, you've only you only need to name one more to fulfill my quota of <laughs> of four players uh, did Musetti win a win one yeah is, is it him it is yes. Musetti yes do you wanna, so do you want to know uh, <laughs> know the answers yes yes okay so it's Chorich Chorich oh yeah I, I, f- I forgot Chorich won a challenger, to be honest. Yeah, and I think this uh, guy, you also forgot that he played the challenger. I, I you know, I, I'm pretty sure I would have gotten Rune, Musetti, Chorich. I think I might have forgotten about Nishioka or Wessler. And this one, I'm pretty sure I would not name. Franz Rundolo. Did he, did he win a Yeah, challenger? he played a couple yeah. of challengers and won one of them. And that that's, yeah, that, that's exactly the issue that we didn't remember. That's uh, yeah, it's 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 tough. Yeah, I I, I feel like maybe because like Wessler and Nishioka are are lower ranked. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I that that's that's how it was easier for me to remember because like Serendola, like I, I know that he played challenges beginning of the season before he went to Miami and blew up. Uh, but yeah, didn't remember if he won one or not. Yeah, and my but last yeah. question is just a simple, you know, one answer. I think it's really tough, but we'll see. Uh, so players from a certain country went nine and two in challenger finals this year. Can you name the country? Nine wins, two losses. It's the best record outside of countries who had like two zero, two zero, or one zero. Nine and two, but yeah, but nine and two isn't like the the countries with the most. The guys from Argentina or no, no, or... no. Argentina has twenty three. Uh, France has twenty two. Yeah. These are actually records as well. 
um, you know, but we've had 184 events, so it's pretty obvious that there's going to be records in this stuff. But yeah, this is nine and two. This isn't at the top. This is like, I don't know, number five, six, something like that. Maybe even less. I don't know. Can't remember. That is, that is tough. Nine and two. Is it going to be... It's going to be like... No, that, that, that does, I, I was going to say Hungary. Because I feel like they've had some, like yeah, you know, not enough. It's like I think Hungary yeah, has like it. four and two or something like that. Right. I, yeah. I can pull it up. Yeah, Hungary has four and two. So who could this be? Is it going to be China? China has five and five. Actually, I think Zhang had oh. a pretty pretty terrible record. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh. Who could this be? And Who this this country is tied for fifth when it comes to most titles. Could it be Switzerland? Switzerland is sixth, uh, well, tied for seventh, I guess, with seven and five. But yeah, they they, they yeah. also have a pretty decent record. This yeah, kind... I, I think I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give up here. I think okay. Um, not sure. This country had six uh, six players who you know amassed these nine titles and one of them won four of them this is horrible for me um two players won uh, four titles this year <laughs> I, I like my brain has just completely quit on me in this moment right who won four titles uh Kachin won four titles is is it great britain draper yep exactly is Draper, Paul Jab, uh, uh, Jay Clark, Dan Evans, Stuart Parker, and Jan Hoinski. and only yeah, only two lost finals for the for these guys. I'm not actually sure. Wasn't there a Draper Clark final? Am I? I think there was, I, right? I don't think so. Draper uh, only at the beginning of the year. Yeah, Draper Clark. And, yeah, Draper Clark. Yeah, yeah, and there must have been one more of these guys, probably who who also lost the final. I'm not even sure who, to be honest with you. Or That's maybe... interesting. Yeah, cause for <laughs> it's it's stuff because like recently you you only really see in like in the you know past couple of months we've seen like Peniston or Clark, uh, but you sort of forget about oh for, Peniston. By the way, exactly exactly who you who you just said Peniston lost in Ostrava, so that's the that's the other loss. And yeah, what 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 were you yeah. going to say? I, I, I was just going to say that you know, much more impactful than I would have thought at at first at first sight. Uh, obviously, even outside of Draper, quite quite impressive. Yeah, a lot of these first-time champions like Jab, Parker, Hoinski, and not really you know guys that come to mind instantly when we think of great performance on the Challenger Tour. All right, yeah, I'm I'm just going to pick out some some random okay. uh, questions this uh but yeah so i will start with who played the most challenger tour events uh this season okay um i know who got the most wins but i don't think that's going to be quite on all this um who played the most um i i do have one guess because i know that matteo arnaldi went 38 and 25 and like he you is know six in okay. the in the ring I think yeah um this is gonna be impossible right 
Um, I I can give you a hint that his average points per tournament mm -hmm. is around five points per tournament. <laughs> <laughs> so he basically played a lot of events but did nothing in them five points is like more, more more towards the second round than the first but still pretty much nothing i don't know i, I think you know someone that comes to mind is like no moreno de Rabona, no he, he had some injuries and also i don't know if i can do it i just knew that uh, arnaldi was uh you know that that he was doing uh that, that he must have played a lot because uh you know compared to all the other guys who had like 38 40 wins he had so many losses uh we mentioned barrier but i also don't think it's gonna be him he probably has less than arnaldi even um, yeah, 25 i think but uh, yeah so yeah so the answer is uh -huh. with 31 tournaments played actually 30 because i think one of them is a is a qualifying loss that I wrote down here, but yeah, 30. It is Daniel Dutra da Silva. Oh, played 30 events. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have come up with that. It makes sense, but no. And who's the uh, who are the other guys in like the top three? We have Skatov, is, is number okay. two with, with nine. Obviously, had a lot more success, averaged almost 12 points per tournament. Uh, Fikovic is number three. Uh, he played 28, the, the same as Mejia and uh, Justino. And then Arnaldi played 27 alongside with Alexander oh, yeah. Muller. I'm happy with I'm happy with my Arnaldi pick, honestly. Like I yeah, think that was that was good enough. That was good enough. Um yeah, so, so some other stuff that we can get from this. Uh right. This is pretty interesting. So uh, outside of players who, who played one event and, and that was it for them, mm -hmm. uh, who had the highest points per tournament on the Challenger Tour this season? So so, so we're not counting Rune, uh, Geek, mm -hmm. or, or Evans, just a singular event. Uh, but yeah, who, who do you think has the most? I don't think it's going to be like Shelton, but he is probably up there, but not, not number one. Uh, should be someone who only played a few and was really good in them. Well, Griegsport only played one, right? Um, I mean, Sir Franz Arundola played two, but I don't think it's gonna be like, is it him? No, no, no. Um, I, I think someone else played two as well. Um, of the guys whom we no, no, no. Um, I. I... I'll I'll give you a hint. He played four events. Oh, I I I think I, I think I have a guess. Um, Jaume Munar. Yes, correct. Because so he, he won, had two, uh... one exactly. Uh, but uh, I think it's a it's a semi and then uh, a quarterfinal. Yeah, I think so he lost a semi. Lost a semi to Darderi. I can't remember the quarterfinal at all. But when you said four, I, I think I recently just checked some stats about Jaume Munar's season. So. So yeah, so, so he's number one with with eighty points per tournament, which is obviously great. It's like winning a challenge <laughs> eighty. Uh, then second was Musetti, who who played two, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, one one twenty five. But the second one was, I think, like a he he got eleven points. Yeah, when you when so you was, said that um who who won uh oh, that that uh, Serundolo played a couple of events, I wanted to say Musetti, but I didn't think that he played another event. Like I couldn't remember anything but Farley. Yeah, uh, Rinderknecht is also up there because I oh. think he only played. Well, um, what was it? He played three events. 
Musetti played Phoenix. That's why. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then we also have uh, Bonzi played four. Wu oh. is also there. Uh, Alice is, is after them. And then we have like Draper, Fuchovic, Shelton, Mute. Okay. Uh, um, I think we can do some like ranking comparisons, like you know who who ranked higher or something. Uh, who do you think ranked higher this season, Otto Vitanen or Fabian Marojan? Right off the bat, I would think no. It doesn't make sense that it would be Vitanen though. Like he only had three good events. No, maybe also the Pirates. I don't know. I, my gut was Virtanen, but my brain tells me to go Maroshan, actually. Like, he just played for most, more, you know, a longer period of the year, and um, I feel like it, he had to have more quarterfinals, semis, something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so it, 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 it is Maroshan. He's number 50. And Virtanen just uh, has five fewer points than him. Five fewer? <laughs> yeah. Who uh, ranked higher? Adrian Andreu. Or Andrea Pellegrino. Did Pellegrino win something? I mean, I know he always has this one random event where he where he peaks, uh, but it doesn't feel like he's done much. It's not like Andreev has done much, so I would actually say Pellegrino. But uh, yeah, I I I feel like you right now because I now can't remember any single result for Pellegrino. <laughs> other than a quarterfinal in Genoa where he played Ramos Vinolas, because that was one of the matches which I had in on my top 40 shortlist. <laughs> but other than that, I have no clue what he did. <laughs> but yeah, so, 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 so Pellegrino is correct by actually a decent margin, like 30 points, mm -hmm. 29 points. Uh, yeah, he, he, he won a challenger 80, got a final, and then I think like... Um... Genoa oh yeah, he, he obviously the... Yeah, uh, uh, Genoa final and then one other final that he had. Mm -hmm. Oh, he uh, got a final yeah. in uh, in France, right? Bordeaux or one of these events. Yeah, and then for the last round, let's do Alexander Shevchenko and Leandro Riedi. Huh. Uh, Shevchenko won a 90 in Bratislava and I think Riedi won a 90 and an 80, but of course wasn't playing that much. Uh, Riedi was one uh, was a finalist at Lugano, so that's forty eight. Shevchenko uh, seventy, no forty five for Stettin semis as well. Pause nine quarters. That's all I I remember really. Uh, so let's say Riedi by a twenty fifteen points. I don't know. <laughs> it's actually Shevchenko on this one. Uh, he got three hundred one points. Riedi got two hundred seventy one. Yeah. If I knew that Shevchenko got 300, I don't think I would have gone Riedi because, you know, for Shevchenko, I couldn't count every single result. Like, there were so many of them. But for Riedi, you yeah. know, I could probably name, like, half of his, right? He was he, he really wasn't that much of a factor for most of the year. Uh, but, yeah, that was... Uh, I hope you hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Uh, hope you did better than, than we did. Although <laughs> these questions are super niche, like, you know... The, I'm not expecting that many many people can do uh, can achieve great results here, but uh, if you did, uh, kudos to you. Uh, it's been a pleasure all year. I don't actually know if this is gonna be the ending that I'm gonna <laughs> that I'm gonna do for the third episode, but in case it is, uh, thanks for listening throughout the year, and yeah, uh, see you. Bye. Bye.